Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. Today, I have great news to announce. After decades of war, we now have resolution. And how appropriate for many March is considered Women's History Month. It's a time for some to reflect on what women have contributed to our society and, and much more. But it is also a time for feminists to tout their feminist belief. Feminism has changed over the years, and it started out as something that demanded equality, the, the, the right to equal opportunity. But in recent years, it has completely changed, so much so that today it is fighting for the opposite of equal opportunity for women. Was, was this a conspiracy of the male gender to undermine the female gender and to, to win the war of the sexes? Well, if so, it completely worked. <laughs> let's, let's take a look back at some of the battles of this war. And from womenhistory.org, it says, In 1973, Bobby Riggs, a 55-year-old former tennis champion and self-proclaimed tennis hustler, believed he could make money off challenging a female tennis player at the top of her game to a match. Billie Jean King was a well-known tennis great when Riggs first challenged her, having won many tournaments and receiving many awards and accolades. In the early 1970s, she began playing on the newly established Virginia Slims Tour. (laughs) Wouldn't have that one today, would you? The first professional women's tennis tour. After a media circus that included press conferences and a 60 Minutes promotional appearance by Riggs, the pair faced off at the Astrodome in Houston, Texas on September 20th of 1973. This match drew in over 50 million television viewers in the United States alone, and King won beating Riggs in the best of five sets match with a 6-4, 6-3, and 6-3 final scores. The significance of King's win over Riggs went beyond the single match they played on that September night. Signed into law the year before, Title IX provided more opportunities for women in sports. However, the men of sports were not always open to letting women into their arena. King proved that a woman could play a sport at the same professional level as a man and even beat him at his own game. Women's tennis was decided in in best of three set matches, and while men's tennis and the match King played against Riggs were decided on the best of five sets. So Billie Jean King has since become a, a proponent of Title IX, and it's important to, to, uh, to female athletes in the United States. Um, women may have won a battle here, but they have now lost the war. In fact, Title IX is now being completely destroyed. Here is an article by Cheryl Cookie. Yes, that's her name, Cheryl Cookie, <laughs> spelled with C-O-O-K-Y. 
<laughs> a, a Purdue University professor of American studies and women's gender and sexuality studies writing for the uh, for NBC News. And she wrote uh, a an, an article titled Leah Thomas, NCAA champion performance gives women sports a crucial opportunity. So anyone who cares about the advancement of sports and women's sports in particular should celebrate her win. That's This is the article that she wrote. And it says this, says, on Saturday, University of Pennsylvania swimmer Leah Thomas placed last in the 100-yard freestyle swim during the NCAA championships, ending her career in, in collegiate swimming. A last place showing at a NCAA swim meet, even a championship one, would not typically garner national headlines. Yet, Thomas has been at the center of controversy regarding her eligibility to complete and to compete in women's events. This controversy came to an apex last week at the NCAA championships when she became the first openly trans athlete to win a Division I championship in any sport. For anyone who cares about the advancement of sports, and women's sports in particular, her win should be celebrated. Yes, that's what she said. Her win should be celebrated. Women's sports are um, situated at a a paradoxical intersection, wherein sex segregation is upheld through claims of biological difference, yet equality is preferenced on being treated the same and given the same opportunities as men. If we are to change this, we need to ask some important questions. How does one advocate for uh, equitable treatment while also adhering to the notion of biological difference? If separate is not equal in the case of schools and bathrooms and restaurants or other social institutions, can separate even truly be equal in the case of sports? Would gender-based discrimination in sports be eradicated if sports were gender-integrated? The NCAA approved its first policy on the inclusion of trans athletes and collegiate athletes in 2011. The policy allowed, quote, trans female, unquote, student-athletes to compete on a woman's team if they were if they had been treated with testosterone suppression medication for at least one year. The most recent update in January aligns with the changes to the policies of the United States Olympic and Paralympic uh, Committee and the International Olympic Committee, which place the the responsibility for eligibility criteria on the individual sport and its governing bodies. The NCAA was resistant to adopt USA swimming policy, which was among the most restrictive, requiring testosterone suppression for 36 months. Such changes would have been difficult to consider, given collegiate swimmers were in the middle of the competition season and weeks away from the NCAA championships. Moreover, both the IOCs and the NCAA's Transgender athlete policies assert an athlete's right to participate in sport without discrimination and express a, uh, um, a, a commitment to diversity, inclusion, and gender equity. 
Those who oppose the inclusion of trans women in women's sports argue that trans women have an unfair competitive advantage and that as a result, they will take away opportunities from cisgender athletes. According to the NCAA, these assumptions were not (laughs) well-founded. Moreover, there is a lack of science and scientific evidence that conclusively demonstrates a direct link between testosterone and athletic performance. Oh yeah, of course. Testosterone has nothing to do with athletic performance. Athletic performance is influenced by a number of factors, including hormones, but also other things like coaching and training and psychological makeup of an athlete, access to resources and equipment, among others. Attempts to ban or limit the participation of trans athletes are not based on science. Instead, they are rooted in uh, sociological and and cultural definitions of what constitutes gender or what defines a woman. Such questions matter because sports are organized based on the belief of natural differences between men and women, and they are sex-segregated as a result. Yet, this ultimately leads to the discrimination of athletes like Thomas. Of course, of course, there's no difference, right? There's no difference between and natural, even natural differences between men and women. The, the, the Supreme Court unanimously decided in Brown versus Board of Education that separate is not equal. I want you to hear this. And segregation violated the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment. Despite this, sports have been able to operate under a separate but equal framework, upheld in part by the notion of biological difference between the sexes, the the presumed physical inferiority of girls and and women historically has has justified, legitimized, and excused the unequal treatments of female athletes. The most recent example was the U.S. Soccer Federation's legal argument regarding the unequal pay between the men's and women's teams. The Federation claimed there were differences in in speed and, and strength of men's and women's teams, which partly explained any disparities in pay. The backlash was swift, leading to the then-president of the foundation, Carlos Carnero, issuing a public apology. Changes in sports doesn't happen overnight, nor is it linear. Major professional sports leagues like MLB and the NFL resisted racially integrated integrating their sports rosters. It was not until 1962 that the last NFL team, the Washington Commanders, would racially integrate. Moreover, athletes of color played in the NFL in the early years of the league, only to be excluded as the league developed. Today, athletes like Jackie Robinson are celebrated as breaking the color barrier in sports, although the narrative often requires sanitizing and simplifying or rewriting a more complex, nuanced, and contradictory history. There remains, through the cultural investment of celebrating sports, firsts. Whether that be Robinson as the first black MLB player, the first openly gay active player in the NBA, the, the first non-binary U.S. athlete to, partic- to, to, to participate in the Winter Olympics, or the first woman to score in a Power 5 college football game. 
many of the athletes who become the first encounter resistance, backlash, and opposition, especially from those who have historically benefited from the status quo in sports. She finishes up by saying, part of what makes the first stories so compelling is the resilience, determination, and love for the sport exhibited by these athletes and their motivation to break down barriers despite the naysayers. Thomas, as the first transgender athlete to win a Division I NCAA championship, deserves to be placed among the other firsts. She should be embraced in the history of progress that sports represent and and recognized as a trailblazer that she is. <laughs> now, let's remember, okay, <laughs> that Leah Thomas is a male. Yes, Leah Thomas is a male. He has all the male parts and has all the DNA of a male. But the NBC News here is saying that she should be, quote, recognized as the trailblazer that she is. The second thing to note here is that transgenderism is being compared to race. Did you catch that? Can anyone tell me what rights that transgenders don't have that others in our society have? What can 99.4% of the U.S. population what what can what are they able to do that this 0.6% of the population can't? I, I'll, I'll wait. There aren't any. So how can anyone call this a civil rights issue? But beyond that, here is, is an important takeaway. A male has successfully and legally participated in women's sports, beating all of them. Do you know what that means? As the article says, we have a, a separate but equal system in, in athletics. We have to do away with this system now. It is sexist and disrespectful to women everywhere. We need to dismantle the WNBA. We need to tear down gender categories in the Olympics. We need to eliminate sporting events everywhere that make categories based solely on gender. Men need to be allowed to roller derby. Women need to be allowed to box anyone. Softball should not be a female sport only at the college level. All of this is because society tells us that women are the same as men. There is no difference. Just because someone has different plumbing than someone else means nothing. They can always get that, ch that changed surgically or chemically or just identify or think that they have different plumbing and DNA. But this war is not just limited to athletics. A week ago Tuesday, the Daily Wire reported that Assistant Secretary of Health and Human Services Rachel Levine, a biological man, was included in the USA Today's Women of the Year Award for 2021. USA Today listed the following characteristics for how this selection was made. Every day across our country, USA Today's Women of the Year lead 
and inspire, promote, and fight for equity, given others a place to seek help and find help. They are strong and resilient women who have been champions of change and courage, often quietly, but with powerful results, and often despite their own challenges. Some of the women may be familiar names. Others may be new to you. Each has an inspiring and powerful story. Of Levine, USA Today noted, Levine is 64. A trained pediatrician became the nation's highest-ranking openly transgender official last March when the, the Senate confirmed her as Assistant Secretary of Health. And Levine was also previously recognized as the first female four-star general to serve in the U.S. Public Health Service Commissioned Corps. As pointed out by uh, Declan uh, Leary of the American Conservative, quote, fun fact, <laughs> uh, Admiral Levine is now the second U.S. four-star, joining General Mark Milley, to have played on the 1975 varsity football team at Massachusetts All Boys Delmont High School. Uh, he he was not only given this award though for his his actual record um, in his previous position in the Pennsylvania Pennsylvania government, in addition to enforcing one of the nation's strictest lockdowns and passing off uh, to his successor a fiasco. <laughs> In the vaccine distribution, Levine mandated that nursing homes accept COVID-infected patients. Yeah. And then removed his own mother from one. So again, remember that Levine is a male. He has all the parts of a male. He has all the DNA of a male. He just thinks he's a female. He has, he has now been honored with Woman of the Year. But that is not the only area that men have been named the best or first woman. Here are some other examples. Uh, look at the Golden Globes Best, best Actress. In December, in an untelevised ceremony, the 79th Annual Golden Globes Award showed um, and honored Michaelia J. Mage Rodriguez with the uh, distinction of best actress in a television drama. Now, Rodriguez was born a male and now claims to be a, a woman. Rodriguez won the award for playing the character uh, Blanca, a nurse on the LGBT uh, dramatic series uh, Posse. Uh, NBC News reported that this was the first time a gender actor, transgender actor, has ever won a Golden Globe. Now, Rodriguez expressed appreciation for the award, of course, hoping that the award will prove a young black Latina girl from Newark, New Jersey, could find success through love. Or how about New Zealand's Sportswoman of the Year. Last October, transgender weightlifter Laura Hubbard, who was the first male-to-female transgender individual to compete in the women's Olympic event, was named Sportswoman of the Year by New Zealand's U University of Ot uh, Otango, um, despite being a biological male. 
Or you may have even heard Jeopardy's winningest female ever. This victory for women everywhere came as a biological man dominated contestants left and right on the game show Jeopardy. Uh, Amy Schneider became the, the highest earning contestant who had identifies as female ever uh, ever after winning the 18th consecutive time beating out the former record setter Larissa Kelly now Schneider has has now won $706,000 on the game show and Matt Walsh tweeted out he, he tweeted out the quote the greatest female jeopardy champion of all time is a man <laughs> top female college swimmer is a man the first female four-star admiral in public health service is a man. The patriarchy wins in the end, is what he tweeted. And he he was actually suspended by Twitter Twitter for that. So, you know, whatever you do, as as Megan Basham observed, don't repeat his word on Twitter or elsewhere, or you will be sent to a virtual gulag. We just we don't say the word man. Uh, we, we do it on this podcast because we talk about things you're not supposed to, but uh, that's another issue. Here, uh, here's another example. How about Nevada's Miss USA? In June, a biological ma- uh, male who identifies as a female, uh, Cantulana uh, Enrique, was uh, crowned Miss Nevada USA, becoming the first transgender and first biological male contestant to take the crown. Enrique uh, Enriquez, actually, who made history a year ago after being crowned Miss Silver State USA, the first time a transgender individual won that beauty pageant, uh, snagged the crown during the uh, annual pageant at the South Point Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. Now, Enriquez uh, told a local Las Vegas news station a year ago, March, that the, the Miss Silver State USA win was a celebration of womanhood, despite Enriquez uh, being biologically male. So there you have it. More and more, all the best women are actually inadequate men. But remember, if you are an, act, an actual woman who speaks out against all of this, then you are branded a bigot like... How about Harry Potter's author, J.K. Rowling? Uh, Rowling has long been an advocate that men cannot become women and women cannot become men for quite some time. And for that, Rowling has been attacked in the press and peers and individuals who have made millions off her books and have called her um, to be canceled. Um, in, in, re- in response, Rowling uh, has declared that she is willing to go down defending her ideas. Quote, yes, sweetheart, I'm staying right here on, on I'm staying right here on this hill, defending the right of women and girls to talk about themselves, their bodies, and their lives in any way they damn well please. Rawlings said to one critic, You worry about your legacy, and I'll worry about mine. <laughs> That, that's great and, and should be applauded, but it's a shame that the above groups and organizations will not honor Rawlings' defense of womanhood anytime soon. But Rawlings is not the only one trying to defend women. Here's the New York Post uh, article. It says Twitter locked the account 
of a right-leaning parody site, the Babylon Bee, after it awarded Levine, uh, Rachel Levine, the transgender Biden administration official, uh, the title of Man of the Year. Not Woman of the Year, but Man of the Year. The Babylon Bee story was uh, a... Um, a reaction to the USA Today's naming of Levine, who is the U.S. Uh, Assistant Secretary of Health for the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, as one of the women of the year last week. Twitter says that it will restore the account, which has more than 1.3 million followers, if the B deletes the tweet. But CEO Seth Dillon says he has no intention of doing so. Uh, we're not deleting anything, Dylan tweeted from his personal account. Uh, Truth is not hate speech. Ooh, did you hear that? Truth is not hate speech. If the cost of telling the truth is the loss of our Twitter account, then so be it. The banned article notes that Levine served proudly as the first man in the position to dress like a woman cultural stereotype of a woman. He is also an admiral in the U.S. Public Health Service Commission Corps. What a boss. He often wears a dress, which some people think is weird, but we're, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't care one bit. The article continues, come on, men in India wear dress-type garments, don't they? Dylan tweeted news of the suspension from his own account, atta- uh, attaching a screenshot of the notice from Twitter. Twitter cited its policy on hateful conduct, uh, which states that you may not promote violence against, against, threaten, or harass other people on the basis of race, uh, ethnicity, national origin, uh, sexual orientation, gender, gender identity, religious affiliation, age, um, disability, or serious disease. The account you, uh, you referred as being temporarily blocked for violating our hateful conduct policy, is what a Twitter spokesman said. The account owner is required to delete and and um, they're required to to delete and uh, uh, take care of the tweet uh, before regaining access to their account. So you can see there are those that want to keep things the way that they have always been separate but equal. They they often um, oppose same-sex bathrooms, even. Uh, they don't understand that today's day and age, uh, we, we, we've been enlightened. We understand today that there really is no such thing as gender. I mean, gender is just something that you wake up each day deciding what you are. We decide to go by he, she, him, her, they, them, beep, bop, boop, furry, hashtag, plus, minus pronouns. It is a fluid thing that we can change when we believe that God has made a mistake with us. One state, Indiana, even tried to ban transgender females from schools uh, and, and school sport, uh, school sports, but never fear, the Republican governor there did the right thing. From an article from theguardian.com, it says the governor of Indiana on Monday vetoed a uh, a bill banning transgender females from girls' school sports. Opponents to the bill argued it it, w- it was a bigoted response to a problem that doesn't even exist. With the American Civil Liberties Union of Indiana saying that it 
planned a lawsuit against what is called hateful legislation. Um, Republican sponsors of the bill said that it was needed to protect the integrity of female sports and the opportunities for girls to gain college athletic and scholarships, but pointed out that no insistence in the state and there was no in, uh, instances in the state of girls being outperformed by transgender athletes. And the same thing happened, of course, in Utah, where Republican governor has vetoed a similar bill. Now, that's and, and, and that's and that's because there really is no problem. Women have have made the, the point that they are exactly the same as men. Men have taken that and infiltrated girls only activities. Now, all genders can can compete against whoever they want. We not only have women's athletic re- records being broken in track and field and swimming, and we now have, have a man as a woman of the year. The interesting thing about this, women are in full support of this. They fully support when a man wants to compete against women. We, we even have the, the future first black woman Supreme Court justice that can't give the definition of a woman. So now not only have men destroyed women's activities in athletics, deleted the definition of woman, but, but have, have even gotten women to celebrate it when it happens. So now do you see why I say that the war on sexes has been won by men. And you may you may agree with me and you may disagree with me, but let's have a conversation. Let's make this a conversation starter. And you can do that always at uncommonsensepodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.